This episode of Inspiration Point is brought to you by the Quests and Chaos Podcast Network and the generous patrons over on patreon.com slash inspiration point. So we'd like to give a big shout out to Garlic Bread, Eric, and Spike. And at our Muse $20 level, we'd like to thank Prostaskis, Leroy, Kate, Jeremy, Jenna, Jacob, Falangor, Cheryl, A Bad Idea, Red Dead Coquette, and Robert Hans. Thank you for helping us bring a little inspiration out into the world. And now, on with the show. All right, we're back. Let's get started. How are you? Uh, I am overheating. It has been around uh, 87 degrees in Berkeley today, and this house does not have air conditioning. So, so. more like Burtonly. Yeah, seriously. I, I made a mistake and went out and uh, for a walk earlier today and went, this was a this was a mistake. But I'm doing it anyway because I'm I'm exhausted and need to get some solar powered energy. Yeah, you know, maybe the weather was just like matching the politics of the area. You know, it's, it's, it's <laughs> you know, it's of course it's an area not well known for its political uh, leanings. No, no, not a bit. Uh, it's it's a completely <laughs> temperate zone. There's absolutely no conflict that ever happens around here. Uh, you know, students are all known to be really calm and collected people. <laughs> Very reasonable. Great <laughs> listeners. Oh, yeah, it's great. <laughs> oh, man. I had a, I had a friend, uh, an old roommate, he used to call it berserkly. Um, yeah, that's fair. And then I, re- I remember I, I, I went there. Uh, to a comic book shop, really beautiful, like huge comic shop. And uh, I was like, man, this place is great. And the, the, the moment I get outside, I see a, a homeless man pooping into a trash can. That sounds correct. And uh, <laughs> not to pick on the homeless, but let's just say that uh, for someone that grew up in the suburbs, that was a bit of a uh, a shock. I, I I understand entirely. I went from living in Fairbanks, Alaska, population 35,000, to right in the middle of the Bay Area. Culture shock is certainly a word. It is definitely a word. You know, you don't you don't take it easy. You know, I'd like to live in like Kansas or something where <laughs> it's just just kind of chill. Except for probably during like football season. Well, yeah, imagine. where they overturn cars that are like, yeah, I have no idea. I've never lived in the Midwest. Those were the times I I uh, I was ever scared to be on the BART in the Bay Area. Mm. It was like during sports seasons. Oh, gosh. I'd like and come home with like the Raiders fans. I'm I'm always impressed by the people who have the courage to to wear like a Lakers uniform on the BART. Or like, like like one of the fan shirts, especially when you know any 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 of the the competing ones, especially if they're competing against the Giants. Right. I, I, you know what? I'm gonna go on a on a nerd rant here a little bit. Go for it. Why people? Why do people like sports? Honestly, like okay. I mean, like I get the spectacle, right? I get the athleticism. I'm with you. Uh, what I don't get is the tribalism with teams. Like sure. Really being like into your team, like nobody on that team is from that place. It's true. What are you talking about? Like there's maybe one guy, right? You think you think Cincinnati just breeds amazing <laughs> athletes? You think that that's what that town does? No, probably right? not. No, like they all come from the same few cities, right? 
And, and and it's like, and then you get a, a smattering of other places, and and many aren't even from America, yeah, especially when you, you look at like baseball or or basketball. Sure, you know, uh, even in esports, the North American teams, you know, some they only required to have like two out of the five players to to be American. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's like uh, okay. I, I don't mind that they're on the team. That's fine. I Just why do you care? Right? Sure. Why are you so vehement about where you come from? Uh, you you did probably nothing to make that happen. <laughs> the players have nothing to do with you. I don't understand. At, at least with, like, the World Cup, I'm, I'm just, I understand that Europe has just a, a, a national history of just warfare constantly with its neighbors. Like, they're all just frenemies, so they decided to play football instead of, uh, you know, do war anymore. <laughs> that is certainly okay. one reading of history. That's what, it's it's a reading, okay? This is not a history podcast, <laughs> okay? So anything I say is fine. <laughs> is that how that uh, works? I, I don't know. I don't know. Probably not. Yeah. Um, but, I, but I will say it, it's like, even then... They're swapping their players around between each other. Uh, so I, uh, why can't we just like everybody's teams in like, just pick your favorite logo or something? I don't know. I've never understood it myself. Uh, I think that is at least assisted by the fact that Alaska doesn't have like professional teams <laughs> that are out in the middle of all the rest of it. Uh, I've been to a couple sporting events one of them was uh, the Governor's Cup up in Alaska for hockey between uh, the Nanooks and the and the, the Sea Wolves, and I mean it, it's it's fun to be in the middle of that because like it's it's like being at a really like uh, powerful Comic Con when the big things are happening or a particularly moving religious service or something like you're part of something, and I think that might be part of why people are so drawn to it because in a lot of ways in our society now we're very insulated and isolated from other people so like our, our brains our brains are still developed for like villages of a hundred people where you knew everyone and now people are just desperately lonely and seeking for oh, identity man. somewhere well but there's nothing funny about that <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah that's it's true i mean i i understand that there, to a degree there's just like this tribalism that exists within us and it's it's going to be there some some way i think the way that i most express it is in how i feel about pizza i i I do get uppity about chicago style pizza i don't i don't like it i don't respect it um i don't think it's pizza and i don't understand i don't understand when people like it but uh I, i think that's about as far as it goes like i'll still be your friend yeah. <laughs> you know, I got bullied about a bunch of things growing up, right? Sure. Like one, being the new kid. Two, ginger. Three, Mormon kid. Okay. But the number one thing I was most bullied for growing up was a 49ers jacket I had. <laughs> oh, and there we see the root cause. Now you see the root cause. <laughs> you know, it was just like, you like them. Mind you, we were in California. Mm-hmm. But I had apparently chosen the wrong team to, to like. And of course, I just liked whatever my dad liked. Sure. 
I picked the wrong team. Apparently, the correct team was the Dallas Cowboys. Really? And 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 for that, I I received no end of flack. Um, and so that's probably why I'm a nerd. Is just that <laughs> that experience. <laughs> That makes sense. I got picked on for being a nerd before I knew what the word was. Yeah? Oh, yeah. I've, I've always been someone who deep dives into my interests and then brain dumps on my special interest. Uh, I just got lucky enough to be asked to be on a podcast where I could do that as a semi-official uh, function. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Bring your trash over here to inspirationpoint.com. <laughs> yeah. And just unload. Is therapy too expensive? Well, we're still not sponsored by BetterHelp. So, <laughs> in the meantime, <laughs> just brain become dump, a guest. Just brain dump about all your stuff. It's great. No, I, I didn't really have, like, geek communities until I was 15 and 16 and got on the internet and was, like, super into Lord of the Rings. And then I found my people and went, oh, this is what it's like to have people who understand me. I hadn't really had that before that. I also found that everything you get bullied for uh, when you're a kid... Uh, becomes like a badge of honor when you're in college. <laughs> like all of a sudden it's like, it's cool. You know, I literally knew a guy whose name was BJ Cummings. I'm not even kidding. Oh, that, that poor was literally kid. his name. And the dude was like the captain of every club in, in college, man. Like that dude just like owned the school. But yeah, I imagine <laughs> that middle school is probably rough. <laughs> because kids are the worst. Yeah, you couldn't phase this guy, so he had clearly gone through his paces. And came out the other side as a decent person, it sounds like. A great, great guy. Just hilarious, you know, responsible. Just great, great dude. Well, yeah, a lot, a lot of people who get bullied relentlessly do come out of it with a sense of humor about it, because they kind of have to joke in order to deflect. Oh, yeah, like, you, you see these big football players that are named, like, Stacy and stuff. <laughs> and it's like, dude, mom, you did that on purpose. You wanted a big NFL star. <laughs> sure. And that's what, that's how, that was your strat. But yeah, I, I see sports every now and then when I go over to my, uh, my parents' house. My dad's always watching. He knows how I feel about it, but he'll still fill me in on, on what the sons are doing or whatever. And uh, I, I'm just like, okay, great. That looks, That sounds great. No, that's awful. Oh, yeah, that's awful. And, and you're so just over here like, that's 10 minutes of my life I'm never getting back. <laughs> but, you know, we love our parents. Yeah. What are you going to do? Not not much. The only time that I really sort of sort of followed sports was uh, during the height of the uh, hanging out with a friend of mine. Kind of post-pandemic. No, post, you know what I mean. Um, about a year. But I mean, pretty much post. <laughs> uh, it's not, though. Uh, but everyone's is acting like it is, but, uh, uh -huh. they, they were really into the Golden State Warriors. And so I, I watched enough to kind of start to understand the game a little bit because I try to pick up what's going on around me. Uh, yeah. still not my thing, but you know. It, it, yeah, there it was makes, that, that craze for a little bit. Yeah. It makes other people happy. So, you know, let them have that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I'm not voting for the band of sports. <laughs> as long as they don't get tribalistic at me when I express no opinion, I'm fine. Well, and then the other thing that that really uh, worries me sometimes is when I see the post-championship riot that happens. Yeah. In some of these cities, you know, where just 
we won the big game, therefore let's trash the neighborhood. Or we lost uh, the big game, let's trash the neighborhood. Right. <laughs> and I'm just like, um... Mm-hmm. Wow, I really don't get what this game means to people, I suppose, you know? Um, and it just it, it, it just lets me know that the state of nature is <laughs> behind a thin veneer uh, sometimes. And uh, I think the, the one of the best ways to sort of check ourselves is to occasionally pretend to be elves. Um, you know, when you can just step, take a step back <laughs> and uh, cast some spells with your friends. <laughs> Put yourself in, an, in the shoes of a different experience to try and at least understand maybe a different perspective on the world. Yeah, you know, uh, I do feel like uh, the, the, the fact that I've tried to think in the, in the shoes of other characters is, has maybe helped me be a little more understanding. Uh, that, and of course, you know, teaching, being a parent. Mm-hmm. Life has been, uh, really trying to tell me something. <laughs> Come to think of it. Um, we'll see if I ever get the memo. Eh, you'll get there, I'm yeah. sure. Anyway, let's talk about <laughs> games. <laughs> um, what I, do you mind if I dive in? Please, go for it. Okay, so... That's what that's the topic is diving in. Like there is uh just a lot of apprehension when it comes to to doing this game, you know, not not really from the player side. That's just mainly a schedule issue. <laughs> and you might have a little bit of anxiety or whatever when it comes to maybe trying a voice or something. Mhm. But no, I I often see people hesitating on being the GM. By and large, and I think that that's fair to say, right? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, it's it's the bigger job, and sometimes it's, they've never seen anyone do it, really, and so they don't know if they they don't know what to mimic. Or worse, then, or worse, their example is someone like Matt Mercer, who's incredible and has been doing it for a very long time, and it's like I can never match that. Right, and and has writers helping him, and is working with professional actors mm-hmm. that are. That understand improv and have, you know, probably like years of experience doing improv, have consumed every piece of media they could ever like get their fingers on and, you know, just have an infinite like well of stuff to draw from in a moment. Um, And by the way, good players make you feel like an amazing GM. You're like, oh, my goodness, I Mm -hmm. must be a genius. And (laughs) And it's like and you can just ride that wave forever. You could just write that way. Um, so it's uh, it, it's it's something where I want to say that, you know, even Matt Mercer has said he doesn't like the Matt Mercer effect. This, you know, the, the idea is not that you must be him. Right. Right. Um, because if that if that's the bar, there's only going to be one GM out there. <laughs> and he's right. going to get really tired trying to run games for all the people who want to play games. That's right. You know, and other the, the the various other people that are doing it for streams or for, you know, YouTube or whatever, you know, they're all going to be a little different, even if they follow some rules. I mean, a lot of times here on this show, I'm sharing some ideas and you're sharing some ideas about like what makes this good or successful. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't necessarily mean that that's the only way or what it's going to work uh, for people. So the main point is, 
to quote the the philosopher Shia LaBeouf, <laughs> just do it. <laughs> just just get on. To, just set a date, okay? If you actually found a time with your friends that that your schedules are going to line up, that is the universe telling you that it is time to play Dungeons and Dragons or another similar role playing game. Okay. <laughs> It is telling you to do that, and you're not listening, okay? Um, go and do it. Give it a shot, because you're never going to get good if you're not willing to suck. <laughs> it's probably not the greatest phrasing I've ever said. <laughs> well, it, it, um, I think it, I think it was on Adventure Time that, that 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 they were like, you know, the first step at being kind of good at something is sucking. Like that's just that's just a reality. That's just true in anything new that you're trying. Like I've I've gotten to a place where I'm kind of okay as a knitter, and I'm enjoying it, and I'm having a good time with it. Uh, I'm not going to show anyone the first pieces of things that I knit because they look awful. Like. I remember one in particular uh, started off as one size and ended about three times bigger at the other end, and I did not do that intentionally. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, huh? I I wonder what. uh, Not sure what happened there. Well, and 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 it's true about anything, just as you point out. And I I can remember graduating from art school and college, you know, and uh, feeling completely unworthy. because you'd go to, you know, these various websites that have all this stuff posted from people, and they're insane, mm-hmm. right? They're so good, and you're like, "That's my competition." Well, forget it, right? Yeah. And it's just too easy to 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 give up. You know, sometimes even my students look at me, and I'm nobody, you know, but I've run a few games, and so then they're like, "Well, that's what I have to do to start." It's like. No, it's not. Nope. Uh, probably. Uh, also, you're a ge- different generation. <laughs> they probably want something different. And and you're and and every person is going to run the game differently. Like I admire the way that that you run games. I run my games differently in in, in yes. some ways. Yes. Like I've picked up some tips and tricks from you, as I've picked up tips and tricks from every GM that I've played with. Sure. Yeah. Because that's how I develop my style. Hmm. But you got to do you, boo. But I got to do me. That's that's important. There is there is no other Tiana Ren Hansen. It's just me. Yeah, just you. Uh, and there's just us, the Just Us League. Womp womp. <laughs> uh, I I like to do things my way. I don't, you know. And when other GMs do something differently, sometimes I go, ah, oh, that's that's wrong. But then I have to remember, like, eh, maybe not my game. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's not my game. You know. And that's entirely uh, maybe, fair. yeah, and I, I think that's the thing that we we often have to remember. And uh, I've only ever known like one real problem player who I felt like was like actively kind of rooting against me, right? Uh, by and large, players aren't showing up to have a bad time, right? They're showing up and they're giving you a shot. Yeah. Right. And so they at least want to spend time with you. That's something. Yeah, right? even, even if you if all you you do you know for the first couple of sessions is, is sit around and talk about like setting and whatnot and figure out you know what kind of tone you want to do, what kind of characters you're looking at, just you know shooting the breeze. 
and to, to ease you into the idea of, you know, I'm I'm the one sitting at the head of the table, quotation marks, but you know what I mean. Um, right. To to help ease you into the idea of, hey, we're all here to have fun. We're all here to, you know, sit around and drink Mountain Dew and eat pizza and roll dice and tell stories about elves and dwarves and humans. There, There's going to be certain aspects of gameplay that you expect from this game where you're going to feel more confident. Like a lot of players I see uh, in this generation tend to be more like what you just described, uh, where they're like, well, I want to talk about setting in character and stuff. And I want to do some role playing and I want to do some fun voices. And I don't really, I don't really know what the book says yet. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like, yeah, it doesn't matter. Sit down and, and do it. And that, but every now and then I see the opposite where they're like, I don't know how to, how to role play, but I, I, I know how, uh, how, how to hit an armor class. Sure. And murdering goblins is fun. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. Yeah, so let's get together and do that. And uh, that's that's just fine. You know, especially if you're with other people that don't know what they're doing either. That could be it. You can learn together, right? Um, you might even do a thing with your group if if you're all sort of apprehensive. Maybe do like a rotational system. I've actually done this before with Chris, uh, a bad idea, and uh, both. And Falangor was in that game as well. Oh, fun. This was back when we were all in in college, and uh, we were doing we were inspired by the the video game Monster Hunter, and sure. so we we would rotate on who the GM was, and basically the job of that GM that week was to come up with big monster, and then you know do all of its mechanics and stuff, and then when it wasn't your turn, you went back to your character. So it wasn't like a series of one shots. It was still the same narrative, but it was a little bit like playing uh, past the baton a little bit. And uh, I thought it worked out great. I really like that sort of thing, too, because that takes a lot of pressure off of, you know, one person of to off. bring the story type of thing. Yeah, you know, you don't think you have it in you to GM once a week. OK, can you do a month? Can you do every two months? You know, like that's better than nothing. Exactly. So we can we can get you started that way. So I would just say, man, like you got a concept that's burning at the back of your head and you got to say something, then say something, you know, get it together. Um, heck, I'm doing a session zero for the new patron campaign we're starting. I'm very much excited for that. I only have some vague ideas about what the plot is. I only kind of know who my bad guy is. Sweet. Um. Mainly, I just know what the setting is, and I know the vibe I want. And, you know, this is the other beauty of Session Zero is you have uh, more time, right? So, you know, I'm just looking forward to some of the chaos and then really kind of bringing it the following time. But at the meantime, like, you don't have to have all your your ducks in a row, necessarily. You, You need to have a vague idea of where ducks are. (laughs) <laughs> and then just and then just uh, 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 attack one of the ducks. I don't know. Is this getting away from us? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. You lay out the, the seeds and the nuts for the for the, the the ducks to come and eat, and then you find out what sort of patterns that they like to hang out in, and you work with that. 
Damn, that's really good. Good job. <laughs> Kill the ducks. You're such a murder hobo. I know. Oh my gosh. I went I went right for it. And you were like, set seeds. You you know, uh, gosh, wow. You should be a GM. Have you ever thought about being a GM? Well, funny story about that. Oh. Oh really? <laughs> uh Yeah. How many how many games are you involved with right now? Oh, that's not a fair question. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see. How many games are you running right now? One. Okay, just one. I'm okay. running. I'm running one game. I'm running. Uh, uh, I wanted to say Lost Minds of Fendelver, and that's not what it's called anymore. It's Fendelver and Below. Uh, Fendelver Two, Electric Boogaloo. Basically, oh, and <laughs> I, I do. I, I will want to talk more about that when, as I get deeper into the the module because I have thoughts about what they've changed and what I thought I think needed to be, have been changed more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm running one game. Uh, I'm going to be playing in the Call of Cthulhu game. I'm in a every other week game with Alondra and company. I'm in an every other week game now with you and company. And then I'm in the Delta mm-hmm. Green game. So. Okay. Five-ish. That's it. That's down from my usual numbers. <laughs> now, are any of the GMs, including yourself, uh, Matt Mercer? <laughs> no. <laughs> Wrong. It, the answer was me and nobody else. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. You're Adam Power, and that and that is a different experience than than Matt Mercer. Man, if I if I ever got to play at a table with Matt Mercer, I think I'd be too like gobsmacked to Brit to <laughs> like there, there, there'd be that pressure to like bring. He probably my, gets that a lot. <laughs> I'll bet he does. Uh, that that pressure to like bring my A game as as a player, uh, and I can't right, I can't sure. even I can't even comprehend wanting to run for him. Uh, I, I felt that way uh, playing for uh, Guy Sklanders. I only got to do that once uh, in his uh, DM school he did. Oh. And uh, that's when Spike was the, the DM, and, and they invited me on like the, like the last second to play a character. And uh, I got to do that remotely, thankfully. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that, that was a lot of fun. But I remember thinking like I was under a lot of pressure. I really wanted Guy to think I was cool. <laughs> absolutely and i mean there i i understand that like it's something that i think about as i think about like people that i might want to reach out to that are like the quote-unquote celebrity gets where where it's like um what, what 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 can i what can i offer at this table if i'm running it or what can i offer them if they're running something so you know it's the it's that back and forth but the the at the end of the day you bring value in your way to your table Whatever that might be, and I, I had that also that experience uh, having AJ Pickett in my SKT game. That I can't ran. even imagine, frankly. <laughs> right, and and then it's a Forgotten Realms game, and I'm trying to like walk this guy through the lore, who is the lore god. Mm-hmm. Like he's basically Elminster, <laughs> you know, in terms of knowing his uh, his stuff. Yep. Right. Uh, if there was a librarian, you know, in Candlekeep, it would look exactly like AJ Pickett. Of, of course, it has a lot of library, uh, a head librarian, let's say. Ooh. And then I'm I'm sitting there trying to give little breadcrumbs and stuff, and just feeling like an idiot most of the time because I like barely know the lore. And he like in his channel, he's always cool. He's always like, 
whenever you're you're starting it for yourself, you know, and you're doing your own game, it's your version of that game, and the lore can be anything you need it to be. So just do it. And I, like to me, that was just like incredibly freeing. And he he like saw me in a way where I didn't see myself. And like I can just reach out to him and ask him questions, and he'll just respond to me from New Zealand. You yeah, know? he'll just he'll he'll answer several paragraphs back and forth information question after question he'll just help me out and uh it's like that's not that that wasn't gonna happen unless you like to say you know what maybe i'm a little bit outmatched here but let's go for it man let's do it well and i have found that most of the people that we consider to be like subject experts in nerd things tend to be and there are exceptions but they tend to be very not just humble but like eagerly open to talk about the thing that they're into because like at the end of the day here's the secret cap we're all giant geeks they just <laughs> they just have they just have dove deeper into some of the aspects than we have and that's fine uh, i wouldn't right. want to go head to head with aj pickett on um on D&D lore but i could definitely hold my own with lord of the rings or, Sher- or sherlock holmes lore I would definitely not pick on you for those things. Absolutely 100%. not. <laughs> I am not going there. Come at me over Elden Ring lore, yo. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, like all that I know about um, Dark Souls lore comes from watching like theory videos and stuff, which are interesting. And I find the, the lore to be very interesting. I just don't have the time or energy to deep dive into that long enough to actually like get good. Well... I'll just say I'll just say this about Elden Ring lore. Uh, uh, everyone's related, and they're all messed up. <laughs> oh, so it's Game of Thrones. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> but I mean, the, the experience that, that you describe with with AJ is very similar to what I felt with with uh, Robert Hans when we were doing Fate School. When oh, I, yeah, when yeah, I yeah, realized yeah. who I was talking to, I was gobsmacked. I was like, wait. What? Wait, you're the guy. You're the guy. <laughs> you're the guy. And I have like a standing invi- like we're 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 friends on Facebook and I have a standing invitation to reach out and talk to him when I'm ready to run that Dresden Files fake game that I want to run. Right, and he'll probably do it. Oh yeah. Right? And you just it just like got to do it. I I'm really bad about asking for like interviews for the show. I I just I just don't reach out, but I know I can. Sure. Because we've had AJ on, we've had Guy Sklanders on, we've had uh, Sly Flourish on, you know, it, it's, the, these are, these are some heavy hitters and uh, would love to, to get some more at some point. I think we have a few from, from Q&C we're going to hear from. Yes. Uh, we had that twice bitten podcast. We had a lot of the uh, people from that come on, uh, GM McClouds. So, uh, there's, there's, there's plenty of, of, of people willing. And I, and I think that that's the other thing we have to remember is that not only are we all geeks, but we're all also people that are just as dumb as one another, essentially. Right. Oh, like, sure. uh, I think I, I saw Steve Jobs give a speech like that where he's like, everybody that, that you see who does these things, you know, they, they put their pants on one leg at a time. Right. Exactly. And so, Yeah. Yeah, like their their experiences are different because like, you know, Steve Jobs experienced the world very differently than I do, who experiences sure. the world very differently than the college stu- students that live next door to me. It's just a different breadth of experience. But we're all still people. 
We all still put our, our pants on one leg at a time or our shoes on one at a time. Whether you untie them or just slip your feet in, depends. Doesn't matter. I don't care. I'm not going to judge you for, for untying and retying your shoes every time. So if you're thinking about running a game and you don't know where to start, okay, and this is part of what may be holding you back, I would say there is something about that game that you've been fantasizing about. Mm-hmm. You've been thinking about it while driving or showering or whatever it is. And that's the meat of it that you want to get to. And that's the moment that you want to create. But you feel like you have to do all these other things before you can touch that. In this case, I would say you can go ahead and have your dessert and then your dinner later. Like, go ahead and, and start with that moment or that feeling or that gameplay or that character And then build out from there. Fully realize the thing that you're most interested in. So when it came to preparing for the Westgate campaign, which I'm going to start here, I didn't know that much about Westgate um, other than it had some interesting cultural implications and it had some very uh, piratey, but also like Soul Calibur sort of vibe. Okay. And I had a, a player in mind. Um, who I thought it would best sort of suit them. Oh, and yeah, no, I, 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 I know I know exactly why you chose that particular set and then what exactly, who exactly you were, you were trying to hook with that one. <laughs> yeah, 100%. But I also knew everybody else was going to dig it. Oh, yeah. Right? Um, you know, plus we had just done sort of like Greek mythology slash a little bit of Forgotten Realms slash a bunch of Adam's BS. And uh, I think people wanted something that, I think I think we were, they were ready to visit the Forgotten Realms for a bit. Yeah. And so I wanted to to get back into that. And uh it can be very overwhelming. So I felt like the first place I needed to start was just kind of the area map. And uh as I was creating it, I, I use Incarnate to do all my maps. And as I was creating it, you know, I'm going through and I'm putting in all the dots and all the rivers and all the cliffs and and, and everything and what it's doing is it's forcing me to become familiar with it. Yeah. Right. And then I go through and I, and I created the map for the city of Westgate. And so I'm like constantly on the wiki page, like reading everything that's there and I'm forcing myself to become introduced to it. Right. And so by creating, I am preparing. Mm-hmm. Right. And by doing the thing, I am learning. Like you want to learn paints, you just go buy the paint. You buy the mini. You just go. You just go, right? That's like, like number one. So as you, as long as you're willing to put in some preparation time, that'll that'll number one, you know, give you a lot more to to work with. But but two, it's also going to increase your confidence, and three, it's going to force you to learn as you're doing it. The other thing that you really need is uh, a deadline. Yes. Oh my goodness. Deadlines are are my like my primary mode of creation. Right. Uh, I'm I'm eyeing an audiobook deadline that's in like 20 days, and I'm like, I need to start working on this now because I know what I'm going to do otherwise. I'm going to wait until it's five days before it's due, and then do all of the recording at once. It'll get turned in on time, but I'm going to go insane. Right, and you might not be as happy with it. You know, you don't have as much time to kind of take your time with it. Mm-hmm. 
you know, uh, I'm the same way about art projects. I'm the same way about GMing. You know, that that was part of I, I was a little over eager, actually, with Westgate. I tried to set the the session zero like right after we had finished Wrath of the Scorned, which was probably a little nutty. <laughs> um, and people were like, whoa, 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 chill. Uh, it, it was right. it was less the whoa 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 chill and more the oh we did not expect that to be quite so quick and we already made plans those days. Right. Well, so my thinking was, well, these are all paying customers, right? <laughs> I need to I need to provide. <laughs> I mean, that 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 is understandable, but also if you don't take the time to provide, are you going to be happy with what's uh with what's sent out to the paying customers? Right, right. So I, you, you're absolutely right. You know, as always. Um, oh, psh. but <laughs> um, it's just. Uh, but yeah, we you need to have that deadline that just says it's over. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I have found with my students, uh, again, I teach high school. Um, a, a lot of them, if I give them like a, a whole week to do a project. There's going to be uh, much less productivity than if I say you have one day, mm-hmm. right? Like, and you know why, right? If, if uh, you've been to school, you know why that is. Oh yeah. But I have tried it so many times because I always think, well, if I want this project to be really good, I think a week is reasonable, and that makes my uh, lesson plan really easy for the rest <laughs> of the week. You know, which is great. And then you just realize, oh, this is a disaster, right? Like, this doesn't work at all. Yeah. You know, uh, it, it, you just, just, uh, just go for it, guys. I mean, that's all I can say. Go for it. Set a date, set a time, and, and just start creating. And if you, uh, you play, you'll learn. And one of the things that I will say from my side of things, too, as, as a newer GM, um, Adam talks a lot about like the homebrewing, creating your own stories. I'm going to come in from the other side and say, if if you don't if you don't feel ready to tell your own story yet, or even if you never are, the modules are some of the modules are pretty great. Like we we talk we talk all sorts of crap about Storm King's Thunder, but there's the bones of some good stories in there. Oh yeah, yeah. Um. And you, for me at least, because I have only, I have only ever tried to GM a homebrew thing once, and it didn't work. It didn't work for me. Um, I have found that I'm a lot more like my friend Ezra Denny on uh, the Great Dane Society Cthulhu show, where I do best with a module that I can riff off of, because it's like, I have here the skeleton of the story, I know what the big beats are, and then within that, I can riff. So that helps me tremendously because that allows me to relax and be like, no matter what happens, I can always redirect back towards this particular beat. That's a really good insight. And it does still require preparation. Like you still want to like sit down and read the whole module beginning to end so that you know which NPCs are going to be important toward the end. So you don't give them a voice that is going to be hard to replicate if you do voices. <laughs> um but also just so that even if they do, like, rabbit off, you can still, like, leave breadcrumbs to the places that are important, and you'll know what those are because you'll have read the whole thing. So for for that, like, I, I'm currently running a game on Q&C because I really wanted to run Fandelver and Below. 
I am intrigued by the themes that they're uh, working with. I am intrigued with how they've changed Lost Minds of Fandelver to be the first third of the campaign and how it's tied into the rest of it. That intrigues me tremendously. And I have just the wildest table. I could not be happier. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. You know, and what I love about the concept of of Lost Minds is that it's literally just dungeon and dragon. Yeah. No, it truly is. Like it is. I mean, and that Lost Minds of Fandelver was, I believe, the first um, adventure that came with the first starter kit for Five E. Yeah, it wasn't like the first like big thick book, but it was like yeah, this part of the starting like learn to play D anD D kit. Yeah. And I love that they've revamped it. I love that they've changed things around. Some of the changes are are small but meaningful. Like at the beginning of Fandelver and Below, you know, when you come across the the site of the place where an ambush has happened, you get into your very first fight. Uh, in Lost Minds of Fandelver, the horses that the people were riding were dead on the ground. And in Fandelver and Below, they're alive and like snuffling around for, for grass. It's little like uh-huh. quali- quality of life changes like that. Huh. Interesting, right? <laughs> so, yeah, that's cool. Um, I, 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 I dig simple D and D also, right? Because that's the other thing. Like, out of all the episodes that that I've done with you and with Andrew, you know, I've I've gone into some complex ideas. Um, we've had some complex ideas come to us, but like, there is nothing wrong with you meet in a tavern. There's a dungeon. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the base of it, there's a dragon. Uh, go get it. Yep. <laughs> yeah, because story story beats can be very simple. It, it though, but those are just the skeleton. Like the muscles and the skin and the breath of life in the lungs is what you, as the GM, bring to it from your experiences, and then what your players do with it, which will never be what you expect. And and honestly, that's where a lot of the fun comes from. Is, Truly, is all you know from the GM side is like, like let letting it have that space to breathe that maybe you didn't prepare for, because then that's the surprise and the discovery for you. So well said. Thank you. Well said. But yeah, which, whichever way you choose to go, whether you choose to go with a pre-published module or something from DM's Guild or something from Drive Through RPG, you know, if you want to use something that's pre-printed and plotted or you want to do something entirely on your own, the core principle remains the same. Set a deadline. Adam is 100% right about that. Set, set a deadline, figure out when y'all can get around the table together, and just do it. And then I would also say don't give in to the desire to postpone. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, you got you got to commit to that date, like... And le- I mean, life happens, of course, but of course, don't be like, oh, I didn't prepare enough. Like, uh, no, it's the deadline. Yeah. Otherwise, this doesn't work. Yeah. And, and at some point, you have to admit that you will never be prepared enough for where you want to be. And at some point, you're just going to have to, you know, close your eyes, plug your nose and jump into the deep end. True. True. Yeah. I mean, that's what you need. By the way, um, picking up a module can also be likewise uh a little overwhelming a little intimidating yeah there's a lot there um and and again i would say the preparation of it is is part of the learning process for me the the sit down read back to back is difficult uh because i have like major attention span problems sure 
Um, and, uh, but I have found, cause like a lot of the games I do are online and I'm always making maps and stuff. The map making process is probably about where like 80% of my preparation goes and uh, like everything my players see is something I made mm-hmm. and I'm very proud of that. And you should be your, everything that, that, that I've seen has been just gorgeous. And it, but it also it represents work that I'm that I'm giving. Yeah. That I that I want people like, hey, you paid for a thing, you're gonna get a thing, right? So there is that. But also the the map preparation is the thing that relieves my anxiety over having the game, you know, because that's where I'm really thinking about how the encounter might work mm-hmm. and and what. Uh, what little doodads are there and how can I sneak in this asset? You know, is there some way I can justify that it's there? Let's put this in there because we haven't done this skill check in a while. You know, whatever. In, um, you know, when I'm reading a module, I'm still like having to build those encounters. I'm still having to go, okay, well, in this session, you know, what what are the characters we need to meet and what are they going to do, right? And so as I'm, creating those character sheets or I'm creating those areas or whatever, you know, it's, I'm now I'm not just reading it, but I'm really studying it. Cause I, I don't know, I guess for me, like recreating the material is how I best learn it. No, I completely understand that. I ran into that with the goblin cave uh, that I built for when we recorded this, the most recent episode of Fandelver and Below, I didn't quite understand how all the areas connected to each other. Cause like I read each of the room descriptions but I didn't. Right. I didn't quite understand like why is this here and how does this connect to this and like pulling out all of the terrain that we have at Quest and Chaos and laying it out and being like, we have a shocking lack of cave structures. How do I make this work? <laughs> and then working around that limitation actually forced me to be be more creative and got my brain just firing on ways to like make it work. And as I was recreating it, I was understanding how this place was laid out, the feel of the place and what I wanted to do with it. So yeah, building the assets is whether you're in person or online, uh, even if it's just like, just, you know, drawing it out on a on a grid sheet, like, like uh, AJ Pickett's battle maps, even just doing that, getting like that tactile sense of where things are is really fantastic. It really helps a lot. And it just, it, it, we talked about anxiety and stuff before, mm-hmm. and this is this is a great way to kind of alleviate some of those fears. Like, as you build it, you will also build confidence. Um, and it's, it's kind of funny. I was just thinking, like, you remember, like, Field of Dreams, you know, if they <laughs> if you build it, they will come. Yep. It's like, if, if you tell them when to come, you will build it. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> But also, like the the if you build it, they will come. It could be the game, the the story. Even just even just build build that time. If you build that time, they'll be there, and you'll and have it, fun. It definitely feels like building times. <laughs> Boy. <laughs> but yeah, the, really good insights tonight. What did you have for dinner? <laughs> uh, macaroni and cheese with with a with a cheese sauce with like two pounds of cheese in it and bacon. There it is. Okay. All right. All right. It's just a cheese hide. No, the 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 second secret ingredient because of course the first one's love, but the the second one is is bacon. Mm, bacon. Bacon is is the correct answer to most things. 
So yeah, if you think your game's gonna suck, um, just make sure there's some bacon. (laughs) (laughs) You'll be fine. (laughs) They're gonna have a great time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, set your expectations. I think my last last thought for for this is is as a as a new GM, I was intimidated. Because I had been playing with some truly incredible GMs before I started GMing, and I, w- I, I, I never watched Critical Role, but I was having my own version of the Mercer effect, where it was like, <laughs> how do I live up to Bo? How do I live up to Thomas? How do I live up to Spike? How do I live up to these people that I have played with who I admire as GMs? How do I hit that level? And it got to the point where I was like, I can't. And that's fine. I'm not going to. That's not me. Um, right. The way that I express it to a friend of mine who was frustrated with where he was at as as a GM was <laughs> the way that I explained it to him was is that is actually a little bit condescending now that I think about it and a little <laughs> bit self-aggrandizing now that I think back on it. Damn. But but I think <laughs> but I think it got through to him. So I'm going to repeat it. Uh, he was having his own version of the Mercer effect too. And I was like, you cannot, you you cannot expect your game that you are running as a brand new GM with a group of people who have never played together before to match Critical Role, Dimension Twenty, Chaos Agents, the things that you are watching on your television. That's like right. that's like having, you know, having watched Steph Curry with the gold with, with the Warriors, and then going out to the the, the cul de sac and expecting your pickup game of basketball to be that. <laughs> little bit condescending, but I think it worked <laughs> because it's like, really, set your expectations. You're not going to have like amazing voices. Here's a secret. I don't do voices as a GM. Not really. I have a hard time keeping them when I'm improvising. Sure. But as long as my players know who's talking, it doesn't really matter. I'm not Matt Mercer, man of a thousand voices. I will never be. <laughs> I'm not Brennan Lee Mulligan who can come up with like a dramatic speech in 0.5 seconds. And that's that fine. That dude's nutty. That guy's insane. <laughs> <laughs> that dude, whatever. Yeah, but if I try to hold myself to that standard, I would, I would, you know, anxiety myself out of ever running a game ever, and then the stories that I tell would never happen. And that's uh, pretty much the the one way to guarantee failure, right? It's like yeah. you didn't do it, you know, and then that's the ultimate L, I guess. Yeah. You 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 only you only fail if you, if you you know don't try, and I right. and I disagree with Star Wars. It is okay to try. It, it there it is not a do or do not. There is no try. I understand what they're going for, but if you <laughs> but if you don't try, you're never going to succeed. So get out there okay. and try, and you know you'll kind of suck at first, and that's fine. Everyone sucks at first. Bet you anything, Mercer sucked at first. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I mean. I think everybody has a cringe story. Oh, yeah. Even I did something. The, just just last night, I ran a game. And I did something that I was like, ugh. Cringe. Yeah. Um, I had, I had uh, this player climb into this hole. It was like a 500-foot pit. Oh, geez. And he went through this whole process and struggled on the way to get down to the bottom. And like nearly died a couple times. You know, use different spells and tools and stuff. And it was like this cool, dramatic 
process and moment. And then I thought, you know, it'd be funny. Uh oh. And and then uh, we we went back to the other players who're still on the surface, and one of them goes into the store to like get supplies, and the guy's like, "Oh, I have a tele- teleportation circle that goes there," and because uh, I thought that'd be funny. So, and I mean, they thought it was funny. I guess you know, funny enough. I mean, did they but laugh? I, yeah, they laughed, but it wasn't like you know gut laugh you know what i mean it was like oh mm. yeah, that's funny <laughs> it's funny that it happened uh, how ironic but i didn't like that i did it because i was like that cheapened the the moment for the other guy you know okay for a gag that's so that's so mcu <laughs> <laughs> you know? but now you know and you won't do that again or if you do it'll be you know a, a, a different direction where it is actually you know beneficial to the story in some way we live and learn that was almost as bad as doing like a deus ex machina which i just absolutely refuse to ever do <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we, we just finished the one game where Deus Ex Machina was actually kind of okay, and that's because there's mechanics for it, and we were fighting directly alongside gods. At that point, it's okay. <laughs> also kind of wrecking some gods. <laughs> there was also that. There was no kind of about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I think that's all I got. Um, if they're not motivated by now, uh, I, I <laughs> guess um, go watch a Shia LaBeouf video, and maybe that'll help. Put on some of some like good anthem music and pump yourself up and be like, yeah, tell the story that you are here to tell. Because every one of us has a different story, whatever that might be. So tell your story, have fun with it, trust your players when they say that they're having a good time because uh, unless unless it's like super cringe and they're just being polite, they're not going to lie to you. I don't have too much to add to that. Well, then, we'll just go ahead and wrap this up for for this week. Thank you again so much for joining us for this episode of Inspiration Point, and join us next week. But until then, stay inspired. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Inspiration Point. If you'd like to support what we do, go and check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash inspirationpoint. If you can't support us directly, that's okay. You can also help support us by telling people about the podcast. A little inspiration goes a long way. Inspiration Point is edited and produced by Tiana Hansen and is distributed by Quest and Chaos. If you like what you hear with us, give Quest and Chaos YouTube or Twitch channels a visit. They play Dungeons and Dragons on a weekly basis and have a bunch of campaigns of Call of Cthulhu, D&D, and board game playthroughs archived on their YouTube. Join us next week for more inspiration. Thank you.